year was 2007. Fergie was teaching us how to spell glamorous. Rihanna told us all about her favorite umbrella. Carrie Underwood struck fear in the hearts of cheaters everywhere. Some dudes in plain white tees gave Delilah a shout-out of a lifetime. And a bunch of awesome movies came out. My name is Aaron Thomas, and you're listening to The Year Was. We're in the basement here. Jeff, with me again. Jeff, how are you doing today? Well, we're in the basement, and we're talking about movies. So I'm doing great. <laughs> we're going to get right into it. The rundown. The rundown for 2007. Uh, this is... Back I, to back. This is two episodes that you did this to me, where I'm like, I have to choose. I have to Sophie's Choice the shit out of my children. <laughs> you really did. And I didn't even try. I, and, and it's funny, because you're, you're a better person than I am, yet you still made went ahead and made the choice. And I was just like, I'm not even going to choose. I like you both. <laughs> um, we'll get to that uh, when we get to that. But we'll the just r- keep the other one in the basement. <laughs> yeah. One just gets to eat a bigger piece of the steak. Um, <laughs> you cut the cake, and you choose who gets what piece. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the cruelest part. <laughs> Holy shit, that would be so mean. That reminds me of this one time I got donuts with this guy, and... Um, he didn't tell me what kind of donut he wanted, so he was like, just surprise me, which is the worst That's thing to terrible. tell you. I know. When it comes to food, no. No, no exactly. So I got these donuts, and uh, we were splitting them up, and I was like, which one do you want? And he said, which one do you want? And I was like, no, go ahead, you choose. And he's like, I really don't care. And I was like, all right, sweet. And I took this one. And he's like, that's the one you really wanted, right? And I was like, yeah, it was. And he's like, you're so so nice. Why didn't you just take it? Because like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just can't do that. Like, <laughs> Anyway, we digress. The, we're getting into the rundown. The rundown here uh, for 2007. The rundown, for those of you who haven't listened to our first couple episodes, is uh, IMBD's top 20 grossing movies at the box office. So... Jeff, what do you think the number one movie in 2007 oh, was? I always do this where I don't have it keyed up to figure... Uh, Transformers. Mm, close. You're always in the top two or three with your guesses. Uh, number one, this was a shocker, um, but I guess it really shouldn't have been. Spider-Man 3, $336 I, million at the box office. Yeah, there was a lot of buildup. It was, it was uh, the first time you're going to see Venom. It was the ending of the trilogy. I can see. I was excited for Venom yeah. alone. Yeah. You know, like the black-suited Spider-Man. I yep. remember being so cool. They, the, the ads, the trailers for it with him hanging up in front of the building was but, super cool. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get it was, into that later. It was, <laughs> it was so bad. Uh, number two, that's incredible that the number one and number two movie were both the third movie in a trilogy. Number two movie at the box office is Shrek the Third, three hundred and twenty million. I never saw the third one. I I had when I was doing the research for it, I had to ask my mom what happened in the third one because I I just I never saw it. Or you this, maybe thought you did and couldn't remember. Or when she, when she was explaining it to me, I remembered the trailer. So then I was like, oh yeah. Um, you know they made a Shrek live action musical. No. I have it downloaded. I have not watched it. I want to watch it. <laughs> I wonder who plays Shrek. I don't, I don't even know. We'll look it up. I hope I hope they have uh, like Smash Mouth. John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I hope Smash Mouth uh, let them use that song. Uh-huh. You know, Smash Mouth feels like a band that would have a one hit wonder, but they had more than one hit. It feels almost criminal that they did. Really, they had more than one hit? Yeah. Wow. 
Number three at the box office is your uh, your guess for number one, Transformers, three hundred nineteen million. The very first Transformers movie. I think it's that's a big introduction of Bayham. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it's just it's kind of nuts to look at it through the lens that we have now because these Transformers movies have just jumped the shark three times over. You so know? maybe we just did two thousand twelve in the last episode. Maybe because this is Hasbro again. Maybe because they saw the success of Transformers, they were like, hey, Battleship, yeah. that sounds like a good idea. They couldn't get the Polly Pocket movie off the ground <laughs> fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> Number four at the box office, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, $309 million. Um Bill Nye uh, reprising his role as the tentacle-faced villain. Wait, the the actor's name is Bill Nye. Bill Nye, you don't know Bill Nye? I mean N I G H. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So it's spelled differently. British dude. Okay, you'll know. No, him. yeah, I was. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure I've seen him, but I was like, I just didn't know his name was. Like, what an unfortunate name. N I G H Y. For... Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Number five at the box office that year. I actually before the Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Is that is that the last one before the one that was most recent? I think it was. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say yes. Number five. No, actually, there were two more after that one. Oh, okay. Um, man, there's so many of those. I only saw the first one. I think I saw bits and pieces of the second one, too. Um, number... I enjoy the original three, the original trilogy. After that, it kind of... Uh, I'm sure I would probably like it. I just haven't, you know... It, I got to a certain point where I was older, you know? Yeah. And I just wasn't into those movies, and I haven't gone back and watched them. Movie that I was not too old to watch, though. I loved this movie when it came out, and it's still, to this day, one of my favorites. Uh, number five, Harry Potter, Order of the Phoenix. It is the fifth Harry Potter movie, $292 million at the box office. So, a couple of years ago, I started my journey in watching the Harry Potter films because I had not seen any of them. And I started watching them, and I got up to that one, and got about an hour into that one. And I think that was around the time that Scarlet, my daughter, was about to be born. And something happened. And then I didn't watch it. didn't continue watching it because there was like family stuff going on. And then she was born. And then I've never went back to it. <laughs> that's so funny that you say that because that's... The fifth one is the first is the, the first one where it starts to get really sad. No, I know. <laughs> like, I know. Sorry, like, so is I that, won't spoil it. Is but that like, the one that's got um, Robert Pattinson in it? No, uh, that's the he one dies before the that. One before that, yeah. yes. Okay, so I'm I'm right in thinking where yeah. I'm at because I got about a half hour or so into that one. Yeah, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I remember seeing this in the theaters with my mom, and she was bawling. Like, yeah, yeah. This, is, uh, this is one of the better Harry Potter movies. Uh, number six at the box office that year, I Am Legend, $256 million. I gotta say, I was really surprised this wasn't in the top five. I really? mean, I just remember this being such a big deal. Like, I feel like it's right where it needs to be. <laughs> oh, I, I agree. I, I think this is, one, It's I don't think it's very rewatchable. Re no. And I don't think it holds up I at think all. I've seen it twice. Uh, yeah. I, I love, uh, that was... So this was 2007, so the Mustang came out in 2005, so they were heavily promoting Mustangs oh, at yeah, that time, yeah. and he had the Mustang, 
running around with the, the city. white stripe. And of course, every movie that came out, I was like, I gotta get, I gotta get a Mustang. I yeah. gotta get a Mustang. So I bought a Mustang, and I still had the Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> he likes the Mustang. Um, yeah, I just, I, I. There's so many things with this movie that I'd be more interested in. Like, I wanted to know more about his day to day life. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to know more. Like, they went right into the monsters. Yeah. Like, it just we, you know, wanted like to kind of live with him a little bit longer. Kind of how they did in Wally, where you like got to see his every day. Or you know, that's a, Wally's a great example. I was going to use Castaway as an example yep. because there's yep. a whole build up to him. Like, obviously, you know, he wants to get off the island the whole time. Yeah. But it's like there's a build up to him finally saying "fuck it." Right. Um. So number seven at the box office that year, two hundred twenty-seven million. Born Ultimatum. Third one. Yes. Of the series. Great culmination to the to the series. I mean, all of those films are just balls to the wall badass. Butt kicking. It's funny we uh, we did 2012 and 2012 is where they tried to reboot it with Jeremy oh, Renner. Born Legacy. Yep. Um, yeah. Born Ultimatum is the one to me stands out uh, because I'm almost positive that's the one where he kills the guy with the book. Oh, good lord! On the yeah. stairs, where he jabs any, the book time, into the guy's neck. Anytime you can use a book to kill somebody in a movie. You're probably going to remember that. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> Number eight, National Treasure, Book of Secrets, $219 million at the box office. I've never seen this one. Never seen any of the National Treasures. Really? I've seen no. the first one. Um, That's where he's got to steal the Declaration Decla- of Independence. Got to get the Declaration of Independence. I know all the memes, but I've never seen it. <laughs> Number nine, uh, I wish I could have these uh, couple hours of my life back. Alvin and the Chipmunks, $217 million at the box office. The first Alvin and the Chipmunks? The very first one. How dare you, sir? No, I'm kidding. I it saw it in theaters. a terrible movie. I think I saw it in theaters, too. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. <laughs> Number 10, another movie I saw at the theaters that year, $206 million at the box office, Ratatouille. Ratatouille. I have not seen it. Mm, you got to check that one out. It's one of the better ones. Number 11, another- well, it's Pixar. Pixar doesn't do bad movies. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, another movie I saw at the box office that year. This movie, I, as a kid, I can't tell you. I don't know much things that I was more excited about than this movie. Hundred eighty-three million at the box office. The Simpsons movie. Uh, I just I loved The Simpsons so much at that time. See, I wasn't a lifelong Simpsons fan. Um, I've got family members that definitely are. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it after the fact and. Th- the best parts of the humor in that movie are the fact that they're making fun of the fact that they're They're making making a movie. movie. Yeah. So it's very self-aware and I can appreciate that. And then the little piece where they're saying, uh, the government doesn't listen to all of our conversations. And that, (laughs) (laughs) that, that part always makes me laugh. Uh, number 12, wild hogs, 168 million at the box office. Let's just move on. Wild hogs. It's gonna be the made a hundred and sixty-eight million dollars, <laughs> and the Tootsie Award what? for what the fuck moment of this episode goes to I, Wild I Hogs. Give that a big old Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Number thirteen at the box office. I love this movie. One hundred and forty-eight million knocked up. Yes. Oh, I love Super knocked up. I'm so movie. glad that this made it in the top twenty because that movie is hilarious. <laughs> Just. The, there's not enough credit given to 
the relationship between him and his friends and the fact that he thought that they could they all thought they could make a living on doing that porn site. Yes. It's so yes. It, it, the, the fact, I mean, the fact that he explains that he got his foot ran over by a, a mail truck in Canada. He's living in the United States illegally and he's got three hundred dollars left to his name. He's like, that should last me like six months. So it I, tells you everything. He, he says, so I don't have to pay taxes on any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I love the uh, fuck off. The be- one of the best scenes is they go and everybody's got pink eye. He goes to the, the friend's ha- the friend's house and everybody's got pink eye. And the one guy that's the beardy dude that's doing the Dirty Man Challenge comes out and he's, you know, bloodshot eyes and like, oh, man, you got it, too. And he's like, no, I'm just, I'm just real. Hi. <laughs> when they rip on him at the at the club, oh, it's so yeah. funny. What's up, Serpico? <laughs> and and uh, Jay, God, I can't think of his last name, but he does the terrible Chewbacca. Where he's like, <laughs> um. I, there's a line actually in that part that I used for years with everything. They talk about it. They use it with in terms of being Jewish, but I've used it for years in everything. And he says, "You're not Jewish. I'm not Jewish. Yeah, it's because you weren't chosen for a reason." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another comedy number fourteen at the box office. Comedy drama, really. Hundred forty three million. Juno. Juno. That is heavy. Heavy. Yeah. I. Really loved this movie at a young age. I don't like. Yeah, it certainly didn't dawn on me. You know the yeah. the, the, tough the ramifications parts of, yeah. of what it is. I'm sure if I watched it now, I'd be like, "Fuck, this is hard to watch." Yeah. Um, number fifteen at the box office, Rush Hour three, 140 million, and I never saw this. I think I've seen Rush Hour three once. Maybe I don't remember. Here's a movie I'm interested to hear your opinion on. 134 million at the box office. Number 16, Live Free or Die Hard. Not uh, one of the most loved films within the Die Hard universe. Uh, I think a lot of people will stick to the original trilogy. Anything outside of that, they're kind of like, that's blasphemy. I liked it. Okay, I was I was gonna really interested to hear that because my mom I enjoyed loves it, this movie, but I don't think it was a diehard film. I think it was an action film that could have been sold as something else, but they had to put a property name to it in order to make the movie. So they made it a diehard film. You know what happens with a lot of this stuff too is how long it had been since they had made a diehard movie because movie oh, properties run in cycles. Where in terms of like, I know that. That Fantastic Four movie we talked about in 2012, in the 2012 episode, um, they made they rushed that movie because they were going to lose the licensing on that. Well, Die Hard with a Vengeance was the last one to come out, and that was the one that had Samuel L. Jackson in it, and he was, you know, John McClane's back in New York, he's been back in his old stomping grounds. Um, that was 95. So from 95 to 2007, you hadn't heard a peep out of so John McClane or Die Hard. It could have been a situation where Fox or whoever was the producers on this movie were like, we got to produce this or we're going to lose the licensing rights to this character or this thing. Because I know Bruce Willis is heavily involved in the Die Hard films as well. I don't so know. That very well could be it because 2007, Live for Your Die Hard, and then 2013, A Good Day to Die Hard came out. And then now they're working on some stupid origin film of John McClane, which Die Hard 1 was the origin film for John McClane. Like, 
that is the origin. What, are they going to do a CGI on him to where mm, make yeah, him they're young? They're going to do. I think another person is going to play him. I what? think. Yeah, that's it's so gonna, weird. It looks weird. I'm not even. I hope they, they it falls apart because it still <laughs> isn't confirmed. I think. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I I liked Live Free or Die Hard. <laughs> I like the whole dynamic of. Uh, have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of it. There's some really cool action sets in there. The I mean, they take out a helicopter with a car. Yeah, it's super it's cool. awesome and corny and whatever. But um, it, just the concept of the whole thing with the fire sale, where everything's so technologically advanced and connected that somebody could just write a virus and destroy everything, pretty much. You talking about that Die Hard movie sound like me when I was talking about when there was like a possibility that Channing Tatum was going to play Gambit in a movie, and I was like, please, God, no. Don't ruin that character. Um, all right, where do we lead off? Rush Hour, th- or no, we were left off on Live Free or Die Hard. So number 17 at the box office, $131 million. Fantastic Four, they just can't catch a break. Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it sucks. That was a movie. Yeah, that came out in this year. And there's a guy who's made a uh, lot of money. All right. Number eighteen hundred and thirty million at the box office. American Gangster. Awesome movie. I haven't seen it. Oh, you gotta check that one out. We were talking about that today when I was going through this list, and and Kim swears that we may have seen it, but I was like, "Well, tell me one thing about it." She said she didn't know. So (laughs) it's a Ridley Scott movie. um, Russell Crowe and um, Denzel Washington. I think uh, I sold you on it enough. Yep. Number nineteen hundred twenty-seven million. Enchanted. This is an animated film, so I I don't know much about it. Enchanted. Was it an animated film or was it animation plus? I think it's animation plus. And this was basically a uh, a fairy tale story came into the real world and they kind of like make fun of the fact that you know characters break into song yeah. and like all these different things um it looks funny from what i've seen of it but i never watched it uh number 20 i gotta tell you i i laughed i'm laughing again and i laughed even harder when i first saw this number 20 126 million at the box office the 20th highest grossing film of 2007 b movie come the <laughs> right right i i'll tell you i really like that movie leading up to when the lady starts talking to the bee the everything weird up until that relationship is yeah is so strange i if they just would have left kept it in the bee world i would have loved that movie <laughs> what's with the bees getting with ladies it doesn't make any sense i don't get it all right, that's the rundown. Um, number twenty at the box office B movie. Number one, Spider Man three. It was B this, movie. There's a lot of good stuff in the, in the middle. There's some good stuff outside of the top twenty, but man, this is a weird year. B movie. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get into the MVP category, and uh, I'm gonna let you start things off here. I'm going with your boy, your boy, Daniel Day Lewis. I figured, and. Um, yeah, I figured that we were going to be in uh, in unison on that one. Daniel Day-Lewis is our very first repeat winner of the MVP. He uh, won his Oscar for uh, his performance in There Will Be Blood. That was his second Oscar for Best Actor. When he won that Oscar, he became the eighth person to win uh, two Oscars, or uh, win that award twice. Quotable, memorable, a diehard performance. What more can you say about him in that movie? No, I don't think you can say much. Do you have any honorable mentions that you were any people nope. that you were thinking about? All Daniel Day Lewis. Um, all day. 
I threw some honorable mentions out there just because um, Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, he, he was incredible. <laughs> some other people had great years that year, too. Paul Thomas Anderson, the director of There Will Be Blood, he had eight nominations. I mean, he wrote and directed the film, and uh, the film was nominated for eight Academy Awards. The Coen Brothers, No Country for Old Men, they won Best Picture Best Director, and Best Adapted Screenplay. That movie also had eight nominations. Javier Bardem is in No Country for Old Men. He won Best for Supporting... He won for Best Supporting Actor. He was um, the bad guy in that movie, for those of you who don't know. He put together one of the most disturbing and uncomfortable villain characters that I've ever seen in a movie. It, I don't know, it, maybe it says more about me than anything, but the part that grosses me out the most is when he kills the cop, when he chokes him out. Like, yeah. his wrists start to oh. bleed when he's doing yeah. that, and it's just like that visual of, like, he's hurting himself, like, to, to take this guy. I don't know, it just, like, every time it gets me squeamish, that it's... part right there. I mean, there's some other great parts. I mean, his talk with the, the, the whole flip a coin thing yes. is incredible, but, like... I mean, he is just... To me... He's one of the best actors of his generation. And and I don't know if you'll feel this... You'll probably agree with me on it, but to make a great villain in any film, I want them to be human. I want them to be vulnerable. I want them to have flaws. I want them to be able to be beaten but it's very difficult to get to that point that you can beat them. But they can be harmed. That, to me, is the hallmark of a great villain. And a fear factor as well. I mean, that kind of goes in with what you're saying. Like, when you have, you know, even two or three of those things that you're saying, the fear factor is going to be there. But, like, yeah, no. And, you know, I, I think I think it's hard to... You're not you're not standing next to these people when they're in the movie. So it's yeah. hard to see the, like I bet Harvey Bardem is a guy. Like if you were standing next to him, he's probably like six foot three. So like, <laughs> he's probably like an intimidating guy to begin with. So. I have a theory about actors and movie height. If you search most actors that uh, are popular in films, they're six two. Yeah. It's just a lot of them are six two. Yeah. It's not anything scientific. Just Google people that you like and see that they're six two. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, in the, Usually, when you have a shorter actor, somebody that it's a, made of a bigger deal out of it as well. Um, but he's five eleven. Really? <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance? So you're saying there's a chance? Um, my last two honorable mentions. These were just kind of like I just threw them out there because um, doing the research, I thought it was really interesting. Johnny Depp was nominated for Sweeney Todd, and he was also in uh, the fourth highest grossing film of the year. So he had Sweeney Todd that year. We got a nomination for it. And then he's also in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie where you know he made a lot of money off that, too. So What was he nominated? What he, category was he nominated for? He was nominated for Best Actor in Sweeney Todd. Really? Yeah. I think that was probably one of those ones where it was more like, you know, it's Tim Burton and Johnny Depp reunited. Character and also work. Exactly, yeah. and Johnny Depp was such a star at that point. I mean, like we're coming off like I saw that in theaters. By the way, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a musical. Is... I knew it was a musical going in. Why do I keep going back to musicals? Damn it! There's nothing <laughs> about that movie that interests me at all, other than I know Johnny Depp's in it, and I'm sure Helen Carter's in Helen, it as well. Helen Bonham Carter. Yep. Um, my last honorable mention is Michael Sarah. He was in Juno and Superbad that year. Oh. Dang. 
I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Just a stacked year for yeah. him. That's great. Um, all right. So that's MVP moving into rookie of the year. You want to start things off here? Rookie of the year? I had uh, Ellen Page. Uh, most notable role before that was in um, X-Men Last Stand. Everything else was kind of, um, you know, TV shows or movies that didn't really make a big splash or anything like that or didn't really show case her character work i um i thought about putting her here because you're right i mean she's she's the star in this movie and um this is her first like breakout role but like i really remember her in last stand maybe it's because i was a kid when i saw that movie and she has a bigger role in that movie than she does in the other ones i mean kitty plays a pretty big part in that movie but i i I didn't put her down just because i remember her in that i think the problem with her being like yeah she had a big role in that film but i think that film didn't really showcase her oh. acting talent and it's a terrible movie. and it's not a great movie it didn't it wasn't it wasn't the x-men film that it was supposed to be yeah it's a terrible um, movie but in uh juno good lord oh yeah tour de france in spades she's she's amazing um I have two people here for Rookie of the Year. I kind of went for a tie. Uh, one, I chose one actor, one director. Um, my actor choice was Seth Rogen. This was his first major uh, role. He was in Knocked. Uh, excuse me. He was in Forty Year Old Virgin before this, but he's a supporting actor in that. Uh, so this is his first uh, role as a uh, major star. And then uh, the director debut of Mr. Ben Affleck. He directed Gone Girl this year. And that was the very first movie he ever directed. In 2007? Yep. Hold on. Gone Girl was 2000. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, Gone Baby Gone. Gone Baby Gone. That's Gone Baby Gone. Of. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I got you. Movie with his brother. Yeah. Total brain fart there. My bad, everybody. I'm sure you guys would have let me know in the comment section. <laughs> Seth Rogen was also, he was in Knocked Up and in Superbad. Yeah. Um, Superbad, he, uh, I believe he wrote with his writing partner, I can't think of his name right now, but uh, they had written that a long time ago and yeah. shelved it, and he was supposed to play the lead in that, and because, you know, he got old, he couldn't play it anymore yeah. and had to bring had, in. Had to be the cop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that story. Um, so, who do you, you do you had Alan Page for Rookie of the Year? Did yeah. you have any other honorable mentions? Uh, I didn't. I have uh, here are my honorable mentions: The Simpsons family as a whole, since they made their feature oh. film length debut. How nice of you! And uh, a- Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg's first movie was Hot Rod, which came out this year. Hmm. It's an awesome movie if you've never seen that. So, the most. Notable thing, well, Andy Samberg's been in a bunch of stuff, and he does uh, his his group, uh, Lonely Island boat, Club. Lonely Island. Um, he there's a, my a particular skit that I don't know if you've seen it on SNL, where it's when Shia LaBeouf was hosting it, and they use that song. Ooh, what you say? What you say? So. It's making fun of uh, the ending of. Uh, hold on, bear with me. It's a sitcom, or not sitcom. It was a teen drama, um, the OC. So it was one of the ending episodes of a season of the OC. So they used this particular part of that song, and 
it was a very dramatic scene, but it was done very poorly and it was overly dramatic and kind of like stupid. So one of the characters shoots another character, oh, but God. as the character gets shot, like that song, ooh, what you say, starts playing and he turns around. It's like real dramatic turnaround. And so they mimicked that in a SNL skit where they just, everybody that walks into that room, including Shia LaBeouf and Andy Samberg and everybody that walks into the room gets shot. And then that's that betrayal turn around looking at each other as the music's playing and then there's like a suicide note that's written where it explains the whole thing (laughs) i uh i always love and sometimes i'll I'll even put it on now because it still makes me laugh the dick in the box song so funny um all right moving right along managers of the year uh slash that's uh essentially our director of the year award it's our first tie congratulations Gonna have a couple ties here. You got a tie? Yeah. Cohen Brothers and Paul Thomas Anderson. Couldn't pick just one. I mean, I told you it's like picking your favorite children. Yeah, no. And (laughs) you, you're, uh, I don't know if you're a nicer person than me or a more cruel person than me, but I just couldn't pick. I just, I, I picked Paul Thomas Anderson for There Will Be Blood. I don't think you can go wrong with either one. It's so difficult, but I'm like, I'm forcing myself to pick just one. I, um, no, I don't think I don't think you can go wrong with either one, and I I think that there's incredible difficulty with both movies, um, with writing so- it and directing it, and the fact that Western films, which essentially this kind of is, but so is No Country for Old Men. Yeah, they were basically Western films in a time where nobody's making a Western film, and a slow to build movie too. Like, yes, um, I know talking about this movie with my uncle once he's like i couldn't get into it i mean that whole like beginning scene kind of freaked me out and i was like dude you kind of like there's a couple parts in it where you can kind of be turned off a little bit like the whole uh, i'm not gonna get he into it. he plays yeah, into being a likable person and then you realize how how bad of a guy he actually is yeah, and, it's, and it's it's a great development over the time it's worth putting the time into so if you haven't seen it Put the time into it. So, uh, honorable mentions here for Director of the Year. I have Tony Gilroy. He directed Michael Clayton this year, which is an incredible movie. I'm going to shelf my talk on that for right now. You'll have to talk for that one because I did not see it. Oh, my God. Check it out. It is hands down, in my opinion, George Clooney's best performance. And wow. I, it, I, I've watched that movie at is least. Is that a remake? Michael Clayton? Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. It could be. If it is, I'm not familiar with the original source material. I, I've watched that movie so many times, and it still entertains me. The twists and turns, the the Tilda Swinton is incredible in it as well. Hmm. And it's um, it's one of those courtroom dramas. It's not like really courtroom, but it's like one of those legal things where it's like you could... You know that shit like that actually happens. I mean, not what's, to the certain extent to it. I mean, what's they impressive and... is those type of movies are very difficult to do well mm-hmm. because if you think about it, like courtroom. I, I don't. Have you ever served on a jury? No, but I went in for jury duty, so and then I didn't get I, there. I did serve on a jury, and it's relatively boring. Like they present a lot of information throughout the day. It's it's not as exciting as the movies would make it out to be, yeah. even when somebody's life is on the line. Because the the court case that I was involved in, um, a group of kids tried to rob another kid, ended up shooting him and paralyzing him. Oh, God. Yeah. It was a pretty heavy case, but 
the information, the way that they present everything, it's very boring. So for a film to be able to bring some sort of tension and, and all that to it, it's amazing. Some of my other honorable mentions I had for a director, um, got to give the man credit, Michael Bay. Uh, he did the first Transformers movie. Um, like I said before, I mean, it's hard to look at it now because those Transformers movies have jumped, jumped the shark a couple times. But, dude, that first Transformers movie was awesome. It was so cool. It was comedic. The parents are so funny in it. Oh, awesome. So good. So good. And uh, my last honorable mention is Ridley Scott. He had American Gangster that year. The King, Ridley Scott, so many great movies. Um, did you have any honorable mentions that you had for um, the city? You had Paul Thomas Anderson. I just I just stopped there because I was, uh, yeah, I was killing my children. We'll get right into uh, <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson as we're going to talk about our personal favorite films of the movie. And uh, congratulations, another tie. There will be blood and no country for old men are tied for my two favorite movies of this year. I, I put there will be blood as my favorite and then mentioned no, no country for old men. And I don't know if you've seen this, but The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. It's on my list of movies that I haven't seen that I wanted to see. And I know that it's a great movie. Now I know even more that's a great movie because you said it's a great movie. <laughs> but there's this Instagram page that I follow that I I you know I, I really would uh, take their advice on movies. And they had that listed as one of their top movies from this year. And I was like, oh, I, got, I definitely got to check this movie I out. I had not... Um known about this movie in the the time frame that it came out or years after i think i saw this maybe three or four years ago if if that maybe like more recently uh uh, came from a recommendation of a friend i had it in my list of movies that was downloaded but i hadn't watched it and i was scrolling through movies while he was over here and was like dude you gotta watch that and um it's a long movie it's but three hours long or something like that um, but it's definitely worth the time. It's another, it's in that category of slow burn where it builds a lot of the characters and, and it's, it's got what Casey Affleck and, uh, Brad Pitt is the lead. He plays, uh, Jesse James. Hmm. So we talked about, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to check that one out. I know, like I said, it was on my list of movies that I haven't seen from this year that I want to. We talked a lot about Lair Will Be Blood when we were talking about, um, uh, PTA and the director of the year. No Country for Old Men, and we talked about Javier Bernheim. We did talk about Josh Brolin in this movie. He yeah. is, I, I'm sure he had been in stuff before this where it was like, oh man, this guy's a really good actor. But like, I, I remember the first time seeing this movie, and then going on his Wikipedia page, and then seeing that he was the older brother from Goonies, <laughs> and being yeah. like what the fuck like that's the craziest thing ever and now he's thanos and like he's like the one of the biggest stars in the world and it's just like this was the movie for me where i was like wow this guy is incredible he's been in 72 productions oh i'm sure i'm sure he's i'm sure he had a lot he was probably doing a lot of work in between goonies and you know leading up to (laughs) you know this movie but he is so good in this movie and his um relationship with his girlfriend she's not like she's not a throwaway character but she's not a major major role in the movie but i love um his relationship with her you know there's one one part where uh, i'm going to go see mom mama's dead well i'm going to the grave you know like (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and uh you know josh brolin his famous father 
James Brolin, legendary actor. I mean, it's clearly in the lineage. Doesn't happen by accident. Uh, yeah. Doesn't happen by accident. <laughs> um, all right, moving right along into uh, comedy of the year. You want to start things off here? What did oh, you have for number one? Gravy. Uh, best comedy, 2007. Hot Fuzz. Really? I have that as my number two uh, honorable mention written down. My number one, I had to go with Superbad. This, just, this was tough. This yeah, was tough for me. It was a really tough one. Superbad is highly quotable. Just like Knocked Up is highly quotable. Fuck me, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, yes. right? Dude, the whole, when he's playing video games and, and they're trying to find something for uh, uh, Jonah Hill to wear and he's going through... Do you have adult clothes, clothes, or do you only yeah. shop at Baby Gap? But when he's playing the video game, and he's like, well, that's fun. Why do you even make that if you can't even... I use that line so many times. Just just the, why do you even make that if you can't even... And don't even... Like, that's what <laughs> how it finishes. That's the line. I don't know how many video games came out at that time that were exactly that, like, my thought process of, like, why do they even make that if you can't? Like, this is dumb. You guys on MySpace? Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who are younger in the audience, MySpace was outdated when this movie came out in 2007. I'm just like remembering that guy, that guy's character all over again. He was so funny. Such a creep. You guys on MySpace? You guys seem like cool guys. You guys are cool, right? You guys need alcohol? I can get you booze. Audible mentions for uh, comedy of the year. Um, Knocked Up, Juno, we already talked about those movies. Hot Fuzz, your number one. I That's such a funny movie. Hot Rod is another one I had here. Reno 911, Miami. Oh, my God. Yeah, they had a movie that came out that year. I love the Reno 911, <laughs> guys. That, that shit is so funny to me. And uh, Charlie Wilson's War. Um, it wasn't really marketed as a comedy. It's listed as a comedy on IMBD, and if you see the movie, it definitely is a comedy. Oh, okay. Philip Seymour Hoffman is hilarious. It was marketed as like a drama, right? It was. It's marketed as like Tom Hanks as a politician. Really, oh. it was like, hey, Tom Hanks is this guy. You know, one of them surprised you didn't mention was uh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. It's in my uh, guilty guilty pleasures. pleasures. Okay, fuck, I love that movie. <laughs> There, there's just let me hold you midget man <laughs> pretend that you're flying in space the, the funniest shit ever i originally did not want to see this john c Riley just kind of at the time didn't do it for me and uh, a friend mentioned just a progressive scene that happens within the film about the drugs about It'll the make different drugs <laughs> You don't want this, man. So he progressively goes from harder to less harsh drugs yeah. and then uh, eventually ends up with marijuana. Mm. And uh, what's his name is delivering those lines. It's um, from SNL. <sighs> and it's not, it, it's not SNL that I remember him from his um, Tim Meadows. Yes, yeah, Tim Meadows. Yes. Uh, but his just that that was what sold me on it. Yeah. Somebody just showed me the clips of all of those compilation I, of that. The end part when he the one I just quoted when he's old and he's like, "It'll make your penis hard." <laughs> <laughs> he's like trying to get him to take. You don't want it's, this, man. It's a little blue pill. You don't want this, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, I had that in my uh, in my guilty pleasures. I um, go in if you haven't seen it and want to go into watching it. We're we're kind of selling it as like an absolutely hilarious. It's funny movie, but turn your brain off. Do not expect much from it. Oh no, it's <laughs> it's just a classic parody film. Like, yeah. It's they're parodying the uh, the um, walk the walk line. the line movie yeah. that was popular at that time that had come out a couple years before then. Um, I actually have this movie on DVD because I went into a um, blockbuster that was by my house at the time uh-huh. while they were going out of business, and they, and they had, had all that, of them for sale, you know, yeah. for sale. And that one, of course, like not only are they going out of business, but that's like a B level movie. So it was like fifty cents for this John C. <laughs> Riley movie. And it's like, oh, sure. For the younger listeners, Blockbuster is <laughs> yeah. a physical store that you could go to. And rent a movie. It was like Netflix, but you had to talk to people. <laughs> it was the worst. That's why they're not around anymore. Yeah. And the candy was a lot more expensive. Uh. <laughs> that was like the cruelest thing. I mean, it makes sense. You know, it's a yeah. good business strategy, but that was the cruelest thing as a kid where you'd have to like... Mom, you know, can we get a movie? And then you're walking past the all the fun, candy, all the candy and the mm. popcorn, and you're like, "Can mm. we get some candy and popcorn?" And they're like, "No, <laughs> I'm already spending this ten dollars." Your mom's already like doing the late fee charges in her head. I'm you gonna know? spend twenty five dollars by the time we get the last Mimsy back to the <laughs> yeah, the last Mimsy. All right. Uh, did you do your comedy? Yeah, you did your comedies of the year, right? All right, action slash thriller of the year. Um, it's a weird year for. I didn't feel like there was a lot of action it movies was here. Sparse, yes. Um, so I kind of had a tie: Transformers, Ocean Thirteen, and Shooter. I love all those movies. Was it the first Ocean's Thirteen? Well, it's it was Ocean's. It's Ocean's Eleven, 11 Ocean's 12, Twelve, so and then Thirteen is, is the, the last one. Yeah, trilogy. Fine. Okay. Yep. I've I've not seen. I think I saw the Ocean's Eleven, and that's it. The first two are the ones that are like. But is that I, action or is that? I mean, it's listed as an action That's movie. Weird. It's kind of. I mean, it's not. It's a more like a crime action. You know, it's like, a, like a caper. Yeah. Is that a, is that a genre? <laughs> it's a caper. caper. <laughs> <laughs> I I like all those movies. It was a, it, it's surprising that this was. You know, we're five episodes in now, and this is our first year. A year where it's like, well, there's not a lot of action movies here. I picked uh, Born Ultimatum. Just because yeah. it was filling out the trilogy and it was, you know, forgot about that just actiony film. And then I, I put Transformers as like an honorable mention because it it I guess it was action. I don't know what you would call Transformers, it, it was, but action comedy, Bayham. Those robots fighting. That was so cool at that time, especially if you saw it in the theaters. Like I remember seeing that as a kid, and it was like. That was so cool. Debuting, you know, the Camaro in there, and it, yeah, all of it was cool. Oh yeah, and then like every time you saw that car after that, it was like that's Bumblebee. Kim, my wife, her dad hadn't seen that film, didn't really know anything about Transformers. Like he was aware of them, but didn't know anything about like the actual movies, and bought a yellow Mustang <laughs> and all her nieces and nephews were like, Oh, it's Bumblebee, Bumblebee. Like they loved him having that car. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, best drama of the year. Um, it's our third and final tie between no country for old men and there will be blood. You can't pick between the two or I couldn't at least. I, I mean, I'm, I agree with you on this one. I couldn't, I couldn't just say one definitive best drama. I said there will be blood, no country for old men. 
Uh, did you have any honorable mentions? I did. Um, Zodiac. Zodiac. I have that one here. That, Incredible movie. And uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the behind-the-scenes stuff about how they recreated um, that era in Los Angeles and all that. Um, but like great. the green screen stuff that they did, and then yeah. did, they went to pretty great lengths in order to get that historically accurate. It's, What's it, when it's important to you, you'll put in the work. Yeah, yeah. It, it was really well put together. Yeah, um, it's an incredible movie. It's... Um, it's a tough watch, not in the terms of like the traditional tough watch where it's like, oh man, oh I don't want to see that happen. It's a tough watch where you're like, you want them to, spoiler alert, you want them to catch the motherfucker so oh, bad. You yep. know, like you want you them to get them do. so bad. And it's I, like, um, it's so unsatisfying that they never get them at the end. I mean, anybody who knows like the history of the actual Zodiac Killer, I mean, it's it's not really a spoiler because it he has never been caught. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, the the scenes that they show of him, they like recreate the the murder scenes of the people that he did kill, the ones that they know of anyway, the ones that he took credit for and stuff. Um, like yeah, watching those, it's it's brutal. It's yeah. a brutal movie. Do you um, have any other honorable mentions? Juno, which we've kind of already talked about, but you were talking about how the subject matter is just um, something that hadn't been explored in no. film before it hasn't and then sense. the way that Ju- that um ellen page handled that character being this hey i almost you kind of look at the character of being this too smart for high school quirky girl um but the way that she handles herself as far as the whole the pregnancy and the adoption and the the drama that comes with the family it's kind of like she almost put on that face of i'm more mature than i am but i don't i'm a kid yeah that's what i was just about to say i think at the time i would have looked at that as in like she's too smart for school but now it's just like that's just a defense mechanism yes. you know it's just a kid you know and that's like, where a lot of yeah. people come to the point with that character they're like oh no the kids don't talk like that they yeah. don't talk like that yeah some kids do um and then the last one that i had uh actually i have two more fracture with ryan gosling and anthony hopkins have awesome you seen movie. that? Yeah. Okay. That's that the one where uh, uh, Ryan Gosling is a catches lawyer. Catches Anthony Hopkins red-handed murdering his wife, and then the court case proves otherwise. Yeah, and then he has to backtrack. Absolutely insane. And Anthony Hopkins, of course. I watched that. It was on Netflix, and I had watched Place Behind the Pines, and I really liked Ryan Gosling in that movie, and I went on a big Ryan Gosling kick after that, and that was on there, and I watched it, and I was like, oh, it's such a cool movie. And Ryan Gosling feels so young in that movie because, I mean, he does play a young, like, lawyer. He just feels overly young in that movie. Also, pretty doesn't age. (laughs) <laughs> like, you know, money like, doesn't age you know jennifer aniston still looks really damn good um and then last one probably something that you've not seen uh death sentence no never saw that kevin bacon it's not amazing but it sticks with you it's one of those stories especially the ending if you were going for something that's like a nihilistic view of the world uh i think how it starts out is something happens uh, Kevin Bacon has a family. Something happens to one of his family members. He goes to seek out revenge on the people that did that to him. Um, it, I think it's like a gang or something like that. And so he kind of wants to be like a vigilante. And it ends up going how it would probably go in real life. 
This is Kevin Bacon. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that sounds interesting. Yeah. My honorable mentions, I had American Gangster. Uh, we talked about that one already. Awesome movie. 310 to Yuma. I think this is a really underrated movie. That was a remake, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Uh, Michael Clayton, already talked about that one as well. Zodiac, uh, already talked about that one. Gone Baby Gone, um, we talked a little bit about that one. That is an awesome movie. I haven't seen that one. Really? you got to check it out. I love Casey Affleck. Um, I do, too. Into the Wild is my last honorable mention. um, Yeah, I haven't seen that one either, but that one, when I was looking, doing research for this, kept popping up over and over and over again emile hirsch emile hirsch uh sean penn directed it it's uh based on the you know world famous book into the wild really really awesome movie uh eddie vetter did the soundtrack as well so uh, awesome music as well so there's our best dramas and now we're moving on into animated movies i'm interested to see what you say for animated film of this year it's really tough i (laughs) i love the simpsons but i had to go with ratatouille Really? Yeah. Uh, well, maybe Ratatouille if, holds up as more of a rewatchable movie than The Simpsons for me. Maybe if I had seen Ratatouille, I would have picked Ratatouille, but since I haven't, I have to go based on what I've seen. Meet the Robinsons. Never saw that. I think it's a really cool concept for a movie. Um, it has a good message. I remember the trailer. And like, I vividly it's funny. remember it. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another... Um, movie i had for best animated movie this is in my honorable mentions this is a uh this is gonna be a theme for me because i love these direct to dvd um oh like when we get super- into like the 90s i'll probably have a bunch of those. yeah exactly like those superhero directed dvd movies i love all that shit like so there's uh one called superman doomsday that came out this oh, year that yeah. i have mm-hmm. that uh you know anyone who knows superman knows about doomsday and it's super cool now it is time for you to come on down and play Can You Guess That Movie? A group of suburban biker wannabes looking for adventure hit the open road but get more than they bargain for when they encounter a new Mexican gang called Del Fuegos. Was that Wild Hogs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I need a point system for these because I'm, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> three for three, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Uh, movies you have, I gotta, I gotta, I've been trying, I've been trying to like keep it like to where you have a chance because I know there's some, there's gonna be like a thousand yeah, movies I can pull yeah. to where you'll be like, I've never I've heard never of that. I've never seen that. Um, movies you haven't seen that you want to from this year? Do you have any there? Um, on your list of ones that you really love, American Gangster, uh, have not seen, definitely want to see. Lars and the Real Girl, Ryan Gosling. It just I've looks never seen that, but I remember that. Like an interesting film. I've almost watched it several times, but just have not. It's if I remember the premise correctly, he like has a doll that he believes to be his real girlfriend and yep. parades around as his real girlfriend. It just sounds interesting, and I, like I remember Ryan watching Gosling. the trailer because I I think that was another one where I saw it on Netflix or something, one of those streaming services, and when I trying to pick a movie with those i always go to youtube and i watch the trailers and whatever trailer captures me that's the one i watch and I if guess... anyone from netflix is you know listening yeah I, okay cool you have the, like the pre-roll clips and stuff like that can you guys connect the trailers to these movies I somehow can. 
So Thank when you. we're looking through for 16 hours trying to find a movie to watch, we don't have to go back and forth between <laughs> YouTube <laughs> and Netflix. We can stay all on your platform if you really want us to, if you just give us some dang trailers. And I'm sure you're getting paid by the hour in terms of like <laughs> us being on your server. Yeah, no, I've been saying that for the longest time. It doesn't make any sense to me. It makes so much easier the choice of, of watching a film. And because... Hulu actually does do that. Hulu allows you, if they have it for the movie, they don't have it for every movie but a lot of their movies you can watch because netflix will do the auto roll of like a scene within the film and that's cute but you're not telling me what this movie's actually exactly about. it's not in context um, like, so, so you said american gangster was uh, one Dan in real Nerf. life steve carell i haven't i don't know anything really about it but i like steve carell have Ever, you seen it yeah it's I, I mean i never saw it but it's the steve carell movie with his head in the pancakes yes <laughs> yeah yeah everybody knows that but like what is it about i don't know what it's about i remember but i want to see it Stewie made fun of it once in Family Guy. He was like, look at this guy with his head in his pancakes. It must be silly. <laughs> um, Into the Wild. I haven't seen that. And I know that Did you read great. the book when you were younger? Nope. Oh, that's surprising. I felt and like that was one of those ones we all had to read. I feel like every generation had a different set of... I think every school system has a different set of books that they have to read. That's probably true. And also your dad, you know... When I was a kid and I got in trouble, my dad made me write, read books and write reports on them. So, like, like an odd punishment. You know what? <laughs> it totally backfired on him because he didn't realize that all those books that I read were the books I was supposed to read in high school. So, I never had to read anything after that. <laughs> like, I read Catcher in the Rye when I was 13. I didn't have to read it when I was I've a junior. I've already read it. <laughs> all um, right. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, you're good. Uh, last one was Things We Lost in the Fire. Another one that I don't know a whole, whole lot about, but I, I've heard good things about. <laughs> um, movies I haven't seen that I wanted to from this year. We Own the Night. It's a Joaquin Phoenix movie and Mark Wahlberg. Uh, have seen it, and it, it is good. It is it? Is it, it is worth watching. I will definitely check that out I saw it in out, theaters. Um, starts out a little slow, but the dynamic between the two brothers, it's like a classic story of... Uh, one brother is the upstanding citizen who's like a cop, and then the other brother is like a, a fuck up. And is Joaquin and, Phoenix the fuck yeah, up? Of course. Of course. <laughs> and so they kind of uh, have this scheme that they're going to infiltrate some sort of criminal enterprise by using Joaquin Phoenix's character. Mm. So the brothers working together, even though they're kind of at ends, it's really a good dynamic. Another uh, movie I had to hear, Mr. Brooks, is a Kevin Costner movie with an interesting plot. Seen this as well. Um, it's, uh, I don't, it's hard to explain, but uh, it's Kevin Costner, right? Yes. Yeah. So Kevin Costner's character um, is, for lack of a better description, a serial murderer, but he never gets caught. So he's got this voice in his head that's portrayed by another actor. So you see another actor when he's having this voice come in his head to talk to him. Hmm. Um, so it pops in and out of scenes and we'll have conversations with him. And he almost like kind of wants to get caught. And then Dane Cook's character comes in, into play and figures out like what's going on. But Is this a comedy? No. No. Wow. Yeah. This is an interesting role for Dane Cook. Let me tell you. Damn, I want to check this out. And Dan and so Dane Cook's character comes into play and uh, kind of figures out what's going on with Kevin Costner's character. And uh, instead of being the one to be like blackmailing him to, he's like, I'm going to turn you in or something. 
it goes a completely different direction hmm. and it's all right say no more very interesting yeah i'm definitely gonna be watching that i'm gonna check it out and see uh where i can watch that the last movie i have listed here on my honorable mentions is the kite runner and literally the only reason i have this listed is because i read the book i did not read the book i know of the book i don't think i knew that they made a movie out i don't of the book, really though. know why i want to watch the movie because the book was really hard to read so i can't there's <laughs> probably yeah it's a dense book yeah and some not so nice things happen in it oh. to the guy um that is our movies that we haven't seen from this year that we wanted to see and we are moving right along just like the muppets <laughs> and we're moving into our guilty pleasures. We already talked about one of my guilty pleasures, Dewey Cox, the walk hard story. Um, you want to go into your guilty pleasures? Because this yeah. one, once again, I got a lot here. Oh, I got a bunch of them too. Um, Spider Man 3. Gosh darn it. It's a terrible movie, but I can't not watch it. It's, I, it's, I don't know. It's got a special place in my heart that terrible meme worthy dancing down the street. It's, it's fantastic, and they even make fun of it in the uh, animated uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man yep. uh, what's, Spider- Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. Hilarious. Dude, they, I, they make the call back, and they totally make fun of it. I love that scene um, with Topher Grace when he meets uh, his girlfriend's dad for the first time. He's, I'm Eddie Brock, and I'm dating your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm dating your daughter. Um, Disturbia. Have you seen Disturbia? Yeah, that's okay. an awesome movie. I th- think that it's probably not like a top tier film, but it's one of those ones that I, I occasionally will rewatch. Depends when I'm in on the when mood you saw for it. it. Yeah, you know, um, shoot 'em up. Just a goofy ass action movie that makes no sense. Clive Owen and uh, Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti's character is great in it, but it's creepy as hell. He's so creepy in that movie. Um, <laughs> Hitman. Timothy Oliphant. You can't really make a good video game adaptation movie, but I feel like this one they at least attempted, and it was entertaining, and it was an action. Is it really? Movie. Yeah, it was action. I loved those video games. I don't. I don't think that it mirrors it like verbatim, but it it has the essence, and it's just it's entertaining. Cool. I'll check um, it out. And oh, good luck, Chuck. Another Dane Cook movie. Another Dane Cook movie. Um, I think this is the one that afforded him a mansion. <laughs> like I think this is what bought him his mansion. I think he probably already had the mansion because he was literally the biggest comedian in the world at that time. I think we kind of forget. I mean, he's become somewhat of a joke now that like, we forget that he touring and stuff. Yeah, he was he was making a lot of money, but I think this movie just got him a lot yeah. of money. He got to refurnish the pool in the mansion. <laughs> you know, like. And last one was Shooter. Um, I love that movie. It's, I mean, it's not amazing, but it's, I don't know. I, I just, it's just a fun movie. Yeah. You know, he kicks butt. It's fun. Um, so my guilty pleasures, I already talked about Dewey Cox. Uh, the Comebacks, which is one of those, um, like, scary movie ripoffs, but it's Oh, sports. the parody movies. Yeah. That's the one you were talking about. Yeah. We did it a couple episodes ago. You were like, I saw the sports yeah. parody movie. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah, it's really stupid, but I saw it when I was a kid, and I thought it was funny. Uh, the Mist, um, maybe one of the yes. only horror movies I'll ever talk about on this show. I saw this in theaters with a girlfriend at the time. Scared the shit out of me. 
I saw it years later and I was like, wow, this is an incredible movie. I mean, mm-hmm. there's still some parts in it that really scared me, but um, another guilty pleasure. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely guilty pleasure worthy. That's, I mean, it's not fantastic, but it's got some great moments and um, uh, Jessica Beale. Mm. 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 Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> another guilty pleasure and this one's real guilty pleasure blades of glory i have not seen it we're gonna dance to one song and one song only <laughs> oh you haven't seen uh, yeah. you just said you haven't seen it yeah. i was like oh why is he laughing when he's like he said, he's on the treadmill I'm laughing on the inside and he's like <laughs> he says we're gonna dance to one song and one song only I'm going get, to get, get you drunk, get you drunk, oh my, oh my love drunk, off my lady humps, my humps. And then what is he, the guy who plays, um, I don't know what the actor's name is, but the guy who plays um, Napoleon Dynamite, he says, what, are, what does that even mean? Nobody knows what it means, but it's provocative. Yes, that's the line I know. Yeah. yeah. Nobody knows what it means, but it's provocative. And my last um, guilty pleasure is Bridge to Terabithia. One and done. You only need to watch it once because it'll make you cry like a small child. I haven't seen it, and I know it's devastating. I don't know. I'll have to save that for a day where I'm, like, emotionally stable. <laughs> we have to wait for the day that your daughter has to read that, like, and oh, as for a book report, and no, then you watch thank the you. movie afterwards. Um, is that all your guilties? Yeah, that's my last so one. So let's... Uh, I'm going to throw in uh, the horror movie stuff just to, just to give it mention. Um... 1408, John Cusack. John Cusack, Samuel L. Jackson movie, right? My mom loves that movie. Interesting thing with this, you've not seen it? I've never seen it. So the interesting thing with this film is they really effed with audiences because they, for the theatrical release, they had one ending. And for the DVD release, they had a separate ending. Hmm. And then later came out and said, yeah, we we messed with you guys. Um, Because one ending gives you hope and then the other one doesn't (laughs) um but it's uh, if you are into like you know like thriller movies it's definitely more i feel like it's more of a like a thriller horror movie so it's worth a watch Hmm. i'll check that out halloween rob zombie remake um i don't i don't have too much to say about this it was a good version of a re if you're going to do a remake i think that it was done very well um, but the s- sequel that he did after that was not not good. Is that Michael Myers Halloween? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Right. Um, the Mist. We kind of talked about that. Uh, but the Mist and fourteen oh eight have a shared theme where they have this uh, this father and child dynamic. Um, uh, about the sto- the story is about a, a father and child dynamic, and I f- think that they married e- each other pretty well. And they're both uh, Stephen King novels. Hmm. Both of those films were Stephen King. Novels. I wonder how Stephen King felt about fourteen oh eight because I know that he uh, really liked The Mist mm-hmm. and he had praised there because that's not how it ends yeah. in the book. Yeah, and he was he said it was a gut. It's kind of cool ending. when you can rewrite the master. Oh <laughs> yeah, know? and he's the like, yeah, I horror. like that. Shit, um, I should have thought of that. <laughs> then Mr. Brooks, we already talked that about that one for a, for a pretty good while. The number twenty three. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a one and done. I think it's yeah. I saw it once. you don't need to watch it a, a bunch of times, but 
it's very interesting and it's interesting to see um it's a good performance by Jim Carrey. It's I mean, interesting he's... to see him in that type of role. Yeah. Uh, and it's a good version of that type of role because he's done some movies that are that type of role that are really bad. Oh, yeah. Um, P2. Oh, I saw that parking, on IMBD, but I parking didn't. Parking Garage movie, uh, Christmas time. Uh, there's a stalker involved that works as the security guy for this high-rise building in the, in the uh, parking garage. Uh, the girl's trying to go home. Things start, like, she goes down. The tire is flat on it, her car. And, like, try, the battery's dead. And, like, trying to, like, get everything fixed. And he goes to help. And he kind of, like, s- she snaps at him or whatever. And he kind of, like, gets a little weird. And then it just goes downhill from there. Hmm. And it's another, we were talking about great villains earlier. This is another really great villain in a story. Uh, because he's human, he's vulnerable, he can be beaten. It's just a great villain. And it's um, played by uh, the guy in American Beauty that was the boyfriend with the camcorder. Mm, I can't yeah, think I, of his name. I don't know what his, the actor's name is. That is the same guy That's that plays cool. that character. And he's That's great. That's cool, because I, I can't think of seeing him in a lot of stuff. So nah, he ha- I'll definitely check that out. I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, he had a stint in drugs and was not in films for a while and then made a comeback. Um, Cocaine's all of a drug. <laughs> 30 Days of Night. Uh, there's a movie theater story that goes along with this. Uh, I went to see this in theaters. Uh, a group of people, before we even went into the film, said, oh, what's this movie about? And didn't even know what they were going to see. Um, they ended up sitting in the stairs on the stairs watching this film on oh, their phones. God. And they were being loud and and obnoxious, and I didn't even know if they really paid for tickets to get in there at that point. Um, So about halfway through the movie, I go and get the usher or whatever, and they come up, they talk to the kids, they're like, oh, this is the guy that talked about us or whatever. And so they figured it out. It was me that went and, you know, ratted on them. And so I hear them all talking. They keep looking back and whispering to each other. And I hear one of them say, we're going to jump him after. We're going to jump him after. I'm like, God, I got like eight kids that are going to try and kick my ass after this movie. So we only saw half of the movie because <laughs> we ended up leaving. I didn't want any trouble. Yeah. yeah I'm not going to fight eight kids. <laughs> they wouldn't have done anything, I'm sure. But it, it, that's what I would have done is got out of there, too. But God damn. And <laughs> what else do I have? The Hitcher, which is a remake of a, I want to say, 70s film. It's got Sean Bean in it uh, about a hitchhiker. These kids pick up. Goes wrong. It's creepy as hell. And <laughs> and it just goes downhill quick. Who's pitching up? Who's picking up hitchhikers? Sean, you know? It's Sean Bean. He's an attractive, you know, uh, oh, yeah. upstanding I, citizen. I don't mean that in terms of like the movie's not realistic. I just mean like when is it ever going to go the, well for you? You know, the like, circumstances of which they pick him up kind of makes sense. Oh, okay. So they make it kind of make sense. It was more believable in the seventies, like yeah, when the well, original. Yeah, you, yeah, true, true. And vacancy with Luke Wilson and Kate Beckinsale. Uh, another just. You go to a hotel and it's there's creepy, 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 and creepy. everything's bad. <laughs> Dumb. Is that your last horror movie? That's, that's the last one. That's some good ones. I'll yeah. have to check some of those out. Yeah. Trends from the year. Did you notice any trends from the year that uh, while you were doing your research? 
I said very influential movies, but a lot of great concepts that just missed the mark. And we're still in that era, and you brought it up, that era of uh, the parody movies, the terrible parody movies. Mm. This is right in the middle of that. Yeah. Because it's got the one that you mentioned, the what was the sports one? The comebacks. The comebacks. Then you've got epic movie and extreme movie, which both of those are basically the same movie. Yeah, I saw the epic movie. I, I didn't see it, but I saw that during my research. And I was like, I mean, that was just such a ridiculous craze that Hollywood <laughs> went through. Like, it's so silly to think about. It was it. probably what we were talking about: low budget, yeah, high return. No one cares. I'm interested to hear though. Like, so you had you said movies with good concepts that missed the mark. Could you give at least one or two examples of that? Oh, that's difficult to do. Um, well, I'll, g- I, I, I'll let go give ahead. you a chance to think about it, and I'll give you my trends from the year. Um, I thought this is the beginning of the Seth Rogen explosion. Um, yes, it was kind of the beginning of the Judd Apatow explosion as well. I mean, they were kind of m- married together there for a while, though Apatow had had some success before uh, 2007. But Seth Rogen, I mean, he just went on a tear after that. Uh, um, I said Knocked Up was his first major role as a star. And then after that, I mean, Pineapple Express, and then it was just, yeah, it was he was just on a roll after a that. Windfall after that. Um, movies that kind of had great concepts but missed the mark. I Am Legend was one of those ones that we had talked about where it would have been great to get some more of the day-to-day backstory. Um, 28 Weeks Later is the sequel to 28 Days Later. Uh, I, I feel like maybe they could have done some resurgence with the a little bit of the original stuff but uh, uh, people think that when people talk about that movie it's more actiony than yeah. the first one um, i think jeremy renner's in that mm-hmm. um ghost rider <laughs> i mean it could have been great i mean the comic book trend is is you know is there um it it could have been i remember seeing that in the theaters Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. that's it the Great Escape. We made it through 2007. It was a good year, right? Seven's always a lucky number. We'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Love them. That I feel like you could have done more with it. It had great concepts, but could have been more. All right. Well, that leads us into final thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts on the year? This must have been the worst year to be part of the Academy. <laughs> because the award or any award show, anybody that's judging award shows, because good God. I know. You're like, making your you, money's worth. You and I are just like, you know, just two schmoes in a basement making a podcast, but good lord, these guys are like collectively deciding the fate of people that are making art, you know? We don't have that many categories, and I had a tie in three of them. You know, like, exactly. <laughs> um, my final thoughts on the year was: I thought this was a uh, really special year for me, in particular, um, in terms of just movies that kind of like shaped me into yes. who I am, in terms of uh, you know getting me into acting and whatnot. Because and can kind of be broken down into two stages as well. You have those early movies for when I was a kid uh, into my young teenage years, like Transformers. Uh, I Am Legend, Harry Potter, Spider-Man 3, Super Bad. I loved those movies as a kid. Um, And then later on, you start 
looking at movies different and um, getting into different movies. And it's like, you know, No Country for Old Men, There Will Be Blood, Michael Kate, Michael Clayton, excuse me, American Gangster, Gone Baby Gone. I mean, it's just, you know, just so many movies that kind of really, you know, shaped me into uh, who I am today and got me walking on the path that I am today. So another great year. Amazing year. Uh, the last one and this one were two of the most fun ones to do so far. That's it. The Great Escape. We made it through 2007. It was a good year, right? Seven's always a lucky number. We'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.